Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Best on the Block, the podcast. I am Kimberly Morrison of the BMP Brand, a nonprofit marketing agency building the community, one brand, one business at a time. We'll be your partner to becoming Best on the Block. The aim of marketing, and this is my intro that I give to each podcast, uh, the aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that the product or service fits him and sells itself. Your brand lies somewhere in the middle of how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. And you have to ask yourself a question. Are you marketing your service, your product, or your story? Welcome to the Best on the Block. This episode is a continuation. It's actually the second Um, in a series that is highlighting and exploring the book Survive the Next 365 by Clark Garrison. Go on to Amazon.com and the author has made this particular book available for only 99 cents so that we all can follow this journey together. Um, Go ahead and listen to the first episode in the series. It was the prologue and now Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into Survive the Next 365, the introduction. The author of Survive the Next 365 is Clark Garrison, as I said before, and he was originally going to write a book about real estate, real estate investing. It's the industry he was in prior to the financial collapse of 2008. Clark Garrison was a really successful and wealthy real estate investor at the time, so it made sense for him to share that story with the world via a published work. In his own words, he got mirrored in his own myopia, hence why he thought it to be important to really tell that story about his success, about how he conquered the real estate investment world. But then, in the spring of 2008, As we all know, the real estate market tanked, sending investors, similar to Clark, as he describes, running for the hills. Until then, in his mind, real estate was the way to go to create financial independence and wealth. And it was that story he was going to tell the world. It was that success marker that he was going to give and share with everyone. So... In reading the introduction of Survive the Next 365, I I really had to challenge myself as the author challenged himself to rethinking how I've always done that thing called career. Because as you see in the introduction, what the author talks about is what he thought he was going to do was to take you all on a journey of real estate investing and how that is just the greatest way to success and financial independence. But Once the market collapsed, he had to rethink that and go in a different route. So instead of being forced to do it, I'm going to, like I stated in the first part of the series, the prologue, I am going through this journey to challenge myself to look at all of this differently. And this is one of the pieces. And reading the introduction, like I said, I had to challenge myself and rethinking of how have I always done this thing called career? Because I'll remind everybody who may have not listened to the prologue episode, the reason I'm doing this is because I've gone through and still going through a very interesting and 
not so easy career transition. So I'm trying to do something different, which is following this model to try to, as the author did, survive the next 365. So how do I think about career differently? One of my friends told me once, and she says this often, is she told me to look at any opportunity, project, and even your day job as investors as opposed to jobs. Investors in your dreams. That sounds good, right? But if you're anything like me, you grew up believing you have got to have a job, a career, a regular gig, a steady paycheck. It's daunting to think that every two weeks will not welcome a regular interval of funds in your bank account. Having that part of my life to be unpredictable for the first time in my adult life is well uh, frightening. The author Clark Garrison goes into detail about the Phoenix mythology. The Phoenix was a beautiful bird with colorful feathers and tall gold garlic scarlet, I'm sorry, or purple, blue, and green according to some legends. It is purported to have had a 500 to 1,000 year life cycle. And at the end of the cycle, the phoenix was said to actually ignite itself, literally set itself on fire until it was reduced to just mere ashes. From these ashes, resulting from a self-imposed implosion, a new young phoenix will be born and emerge to begin a new and glorious life. The author endeavors for all readers to become a phoenix after you journey, survive the next 365. So let's go back to the point of the introduction. What have we all always done that in this season, you must rethink, or like the phoenix, burn it to its ashes so you can rebuild, reignite, and recharge. It's a hell of a question, isn't it? As I stated, one key thing for me must be how I view financial stability and my own success. Success for me has always been partly rooted in my corporate career, to be honest. I have been in corporate America since the age of 28 and now I'm 50. Although my family moved around quite often due to my husband's military service, I have always maintained a prominent and respected position in corporate America. It was the closest thing to stability that mimicked what I knew of my parents' success. My dad was a retired army officer and after which he became an urban planner for housing and urban development until his recent retirement, which is about two years ago, two and a half years ago. My mother in her lifetime was an elementary school teacher in the exact same classroom for many years, room number seven, I won't say the school, for most of her career and later added um, being director of the after school care program for Duval County. Now, 
Can I say that my parents did what their dreams dictated or what life navigated? I would say what life navigated initially. Um, while they were excellent at their respective careers, was it their life's work or was it their dream or their passion? Well, you know, that's a question they will both have to answer themselves. So back to me. Will working a nine to five continue to fill my life's passion, my forever life's work? In reading the introduction of Survive the Next 365, we're asked, are you doing exactly what you wanted to do when you're in your dream world state? i ask that again. Are you doing exactly what you want to do when you are in your dream world state? I can with all certainty say it is not my dream state position to work a nine-to-five job. In my dream state, however, and it even brings a smile on my, my face to even explain this to anyone. In my dream state, I am a community influencer, a change agent, not a politician per se by any means, but a connector of solutions, people, and situations that move a community and people and its people forward. In my dream state, I am the go-to energy to improve our communities through connectivity, connectivity of its processes and policies, and have those processes and policies directly affect and elevate a people. The fear is, or the, the dilemma is, who pays for that? Like, look, what check is coming out of that? How do I feed my family being the influencer and the connector? There are a select few who currently benefit from me moving in this gift, to be quite honest. Because, I, you know, it's innate in me, so I still move in this way. It is just not my day-to-day -day job. It is not how my, it is not my main source of income. Let's say that. They would say, those who I lend this gift to, they would say that it is of great value to them. Great value to them. I love that part of myself so much that I actually study famous influencers for examples on how to best move in and out of someone's project, business, or endeavor and maintain some sense of anonymity. So I'll share with you one of the people that has done this incredibly well and skillfully is Clarence Avon. He is one of those incredible influencers. Mr. Avon was born in Greensboro, South Carolina, and he rose through the music industry and is still quite unparalleled. While he manages the light, while he has managed Sarah Vaughn, um, rock and roll pioneer Tom Wilson, uh, the groundbreaking talent he possesses is his ability to make connections and to influence those around him. Mr. Avon, the quintessential guy behind the guy, he famously delivered the incomparable Bill Withers to the world. 
as well as Sixto Rodriguez and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Avon became the industry mentor and the go-to decision maker for other African Americans in the music industry, still to this day. It is his role as influencer for which he is lauded by other music industry professionals. Here's some examples. He persuaded Jim Brown to pursue acting. He organized Michael Jackson's first solo tour. He influenced Argentine pianist Lalo Schifrin to move into scoring movies. He originated the most successful rally for Andrew Young's first congressional campaign. What is most impressive about Mr. Avon is that he has and continues to donate hugely to causes, people, and organizations that elevate our communities. Do I endeavor to be the Clarence Avon of my town and community? Well, yeah, I do. This, you, you know, I had to ask myself the question, what would I be doing in my dream state? Now, what I truly respect about Mr. Avon, while amazing at what he does, he's not superhuman. He admittedly missed some things. He admittedly, admittedly is not perfect. He himself admits that he missed two of our world's incredible talents because he just didn't believe. He just didn't see it. He did not recognize the greatness in them. Back in 2007, he told Barack Obama, you don't have a chance in West Hill to become president. <laughs> Mr. Avon publicly states that the former president does rub this in every time he gets a chance. Avon also did not believe that Tyler Perry had any staying power. Boy, was he ever wrong. At the age of 85, Avon is still moving and shaking the world of change, influence, and entertainment. Oh, and I forgot to mention, one of his closest friends is Quincy Jones. So that gives you a testimony to, um, you know, your squad has to be strong. You might be thinking, why influence? Why use your talents to elevate and connect others to their dreams? Luke 12, 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. I can't really speak for anyone else. But it is Luke 12, 48 that fuels, rules, and moves my life. There are some extraordinary things and connections and influencers that have been afforded to me. Not because I'm just amazing and a good person. Just because God has covered me and put some incredible people and opportunities in my way. Just some general basic things, not even career or financial, are those things that I look to and say, gosh, I'm, I've been a really lucky girl. So I really owe it to the world to give back moderately. And if I can, greatly to someone else as people have given to me. And some of these things, like I said, they aren't even like, major career financial gains. It's just real simple life gains that I think are just awesome for God to have afforded them to little old me. For instance, I grew up having both parents in my life. That's pretty awesome. It's a pretty cool feeling to have grown up knowing both your parents and having them both 
equally involved in your life. I was afforded the ability to see African-Americans thrive while I was growing up. I grew up in an African-American community. I was taught in my schools by African-American teachers. Um, you, you can never imagine um, the greatness that you feel once you know, you know you have that foundation. I can say that my favorite teachers were Mr. Alford, Ms. Vaughn, Mr. Dan Johnson, and Mr. Fleming, all African-American educators who grew up in my community and were friends and colleagues of my parents and family. Now, I didn't say those teachers were easy by any stretch of the man. They were all extremely tough. And at the time, I probably didn't like them, but they're my favorites because they made me tough. I have known my best friend since birth. <laughs> I know people are like, she's lying. She had known anybody since birth. Well, I mean, honestly, we've been in each other's life since birth. And we are still at 50, about to turn 51, both of us in a week, the best of friends. How is that possible? Well, our parents grew up around each other when they were kids. And once they got to be adults and they were two young married couples, they lived in the same neighborhood. And once both of our mothers were pregnant with us and were was about to give birth, they both went to the same hospital and literally were in rooms right next door to one another while giving birth to us. I was born on the 11th, on the Monday, November 11th. My best friend was born on Tuesday, November 12th. After our births, we grew up together. Like I stated, we were in the same neighborhood. We went to school together. We graduated high school together. We have been in each other's lives since birth. She is truly my best friend. That's a blessing. Like, who's afforded that opportunity? Not too many people. The other blessing when I say that Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required, um, one of the other really strong, prominent pieces of my life was my mom, the mother that God gave me. My mother was amazing. She loved me so fiercely that she poured everything she had into me love, work ethic, passion, southern charm, a sense of style, <laughs> graciousness, humility, and independence, just to name a few. With all this, how do you not work daily to pour back into the world? I am often completely spent, meaning I'm tired sometimes, making sure that I don't walk through life just thinking about myself. I tell my children all the time, don't let life just happen to you. And that's mainly because I don't let it just happen to me. To some, living this way, giving of yourself, sounds exhaustive to some. To me, it's actually exhilarating and fulfilling. Um, 
if God and I are able to navigate this thing, it's, it's exhilarating. If others attempt to manage my time and how I move, it can get rather exhaustive. But if I lean on how God wants me to do it, um, it is really cool for me. It is actually, um, it fuels me. Similar to Mr. Avon, I have tried to find ways to influence and connect in the midst of my current career and daily life. In this season, however, there are things happening um, that are a little different for me. Uh, doors, There are doors that are closing, that are forcing um, me to live out my passions in a more forceful manner, more out front manner. And dreams are becoming more the primary, not the secondary. That, everyone, is the scary part for me. How do I move forward without that regular gig? How do I elevate my own family if I don't know where the financial support is actually coming from monthly? The uncertainty of entrepreneurship versus corporate career as the foundation of your life can be a bit daunting. But like the phoenix out of the ashes will rise a more phenomenal and incredible me. The author of Survive the Next 365 challenges us to get out of that neat and orderly box that is confining our wings, dare to soar beyond its framed lines of satisfaction, and dare to be great. Next part of the series will be instructions. How do we now step into that phoenix mode how do we now survive the next 365 so go to amazon.com purchase your copy of survive the next 365 for the limited price of 99 cents this will allow you to fully engage and follow the series in how to survive the next 365 and ultimately become best on the block and thank you to Kablastic village for the cool intro Visit them at soundcloud.com for your next track. Until next time, have a good night.